The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Happy Monday, Jess. Happy Monday. How's it going? You are coming off Disneyland. I need to hear about it. That was so fun. Last night, Liv said, Mom, it feels like we're in a movie. I was like, it really does. She said it was so magical. And we had like a full day, no naps for all three of them. And and they did really well. I was so proud of them. Liv's in love with roller coasters and the princesses. And so is Luca. But he couldn't do all the roller coasters that Liv could. So that was a little sad. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, he it doesn't was, meet the height limit. No, I told him next year, but it was, it was so magical. How did he handle that? He did okay because he got to go get a Star Wars helmet. And I know nothing <laughs> about Star Wars, and nor does he. <laughs> and he got a lollipop. So he was happy. This is going to be maybe the most unpopular thing I said, but I have, you are going to take Bryce to Disneyland. I have zero desire to bring my kid to Disneyland. I don't know really? what it is. I've never liked Disneyland myself. I mean, I can I can somewhat understand that because some of the rides we did for little kids, they were very creepy. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> Atlas is petrified right now. And there's tons of people. So I can see that side there's of it. Tons of people. I think the heat, I don't do well in lines and like the heat and the waiting and then getting on the ride. I don't love roller coasters. I get a little motion sick. All right. I'll take Um, Bryce. I feel like I have. Yes, please do. (laughs) I'd love him. I would love it. Um, And oh, something I meant to tell you yesterday that cracked me up and Liv and I were brushing our teeth and she was asking me a, a question about toothpaste. And I was like, I have no idea. I just said to her, I have no idea. I think I'm going to ask Jess this one. And she was like, yeah, Jess knows everything. <laughs> I like, yeah, she does. I don't know everything, but I have lots of random knowledge that I have. Well, that's so cute. You do, which is why Babe, I've got your toothpaste. I've you, got your toothpaste questions. I've got you. Well, thank you. And you do know so much, which is why I'm very excited to ask you about postpartum nutrition today. I think it's something that is not talked about quite enough. And I think as new moms, we're just kind of thrown into this whirlwind, this fog, if you will, of like, okay, now I'm trying to keep my baby alive and keep my baby fed. What do I feed myself? What do I even do? Uh, I mean, there's just so many questions. And so I'd love to pick your brain on that today and just talk a little bit about that. Let's do it. Postpartum is no joke and it is not talked about enough. So I'm really happy we're covering this. Me too. I mean, the sleep deprivation alone is like a whole thing and the night sweats, which no one tells you about. And the the hunger, I remember being so hungry. Like this is insane. Starving. Yeah. I'm so thirsty. And then just even the frustration. I remember, I think I've talked about this in a former podcast, but 
I remember kind of feeling this like anxious frustration. I was kind of just angry. I don't know what I was, but I was like, Tyler, I'm so mad at you. I don't even know why I'm mad at you. (laughs) Actually, you've done nothing wrong. I shouldn't be mad at you, but I'm really mad at you. So I'm just communicating that if I come across like very resentful or frustrated and just these weird feelings. And so I would just love to talk about that and and even things that we can have our spouses do to prepare for things like this. Like, hey, here's a list of things that you can do to help me prep for when we have this baby. Here's some snacks that I'm going to need. I don't care if you order them from Postmates, prepare them, whatever you have to do. Like, these are things I need. What are some great things to have on hand for snacks when you are, when you come home with a new baby? The snacks for us. Yes. Snacks for us. Yes. First of all, so happy we're talking about postpartum. Postpartum time is no joke. It's not talked about enough. And anyone that says it's a breeze or it's easy, maybe it was for them. Maybe they just forget how intense it is. But I can tell you the majority of people just don't feel like themselves, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, it takes some time. And we forget that we need to take care of ourselves because we have a baby that we now have to keep alive, that we forget that our body just housed a child for almost 10 months, you know, in a lot of cases, and then we just birthed a kid. And so we need to do a lot to take care of ourselves. I always joke that Mm -hmm. if we went to surgery or we delivered a baby vaginally, if it was anything besides a baby, you'd be home, you'd be in bed, people would just be bringing you everything and helping you recover from that surgery. And somehow postpartum happens and we get so much for the baby and nothing for us. And so it's important that we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Not to mention, I was just talking about this with a friend, but you know, you go through pregnancy and, and now it, it is glorified in this beautiful feminine way. And you have this cute bump and you're like, doing these cute maternity photos and it's just very a special time and it's all about you really it's like how are you doing oh my gosh how are you feeling oh can I help you with those groceries can I open the door for you oh sit down please like it's all of those things (laughs) then you have a baby and it is immediately not about you anymore it is about the baby and I don't think anything can really mentally prep you for that and we forget then so when everything becomes about the baby we, we are so focused on keeping a child alive, especially as a first-time parent, that we actually, if we don't put things in place, we forget to take care of ourselves. And we're really important in this. We really do need to do stuff. Yes. So how do we do that? <laughs> and what, where do we start? Where do we start? Where we start is that there is such a focus right now, and it has been for a while, on just bouncing back after baby. Like all of a sudden you had this baby and now you're pregnant and now just bounce back. And what's important is that every journey is different. It really, really is different. What one person's postpartum journey is, it's very different than someone else's. And we need to kind of flip it from focusing on bouncing back to really giving ourselves some body appreciation, appreciation for what our body just went through, time for our body to heal, and start to look at it as opposed to, oh my gosh, what don't I have? Or I'm not back to, I don't feel like myself. And kind of flip that to ourselves and tell tell us like, oh, wow, my body's pretty incredible. I can't believe it just did this. Don't get me wrong. I remember looking in the mirror being like, who the hell is that that I'm looking at? I don't even know whose body this is. I feel like I'm in someone else's body. But 
it takes a while for us to to bounce back to who we were. And it's actually a new version of us. I don't think we ever fully get back to who we were before having a kid. So I think that's the first most important thing about postpartum. Give yourself grace. If there's ever a time to focus on yourself and some self-care, now is time. You bring up such a good point, the bounce back, because a pregnant friend of mine the other day asked me, and she's like, so can you realistically tell me like how long it's going to take for me to get back to my body? And she's like, just be so honest with me. And I really didn't have an answer for her except for the answer that I tell everyone is that everybody's different. And it took us nine or 10 months to make this baby and for our body to adjust to this. And it's going to take that time to go back. Some people are anomalies and it it looks like it bounces back very quickly. But when you talk to those people that it looks like it bounces back, they're like, no, it didn't. It it just looks so different on the, you know, underclothes and everything. And so I just said it, it is so different for everyone, but I'm still trying to quote unquote get back. And that's been like, what, a year and a half? Atlas is a year and a half now. And I think after each baby, it progressively took longer. I mean, obviously after Luca, we only had three months and then we got pregnant again, but maybe that's what's happening here. Surprise. (laughs) But yeah, I I think I wish I would have known that instead of seeing what I see on Instagram sometimes and and just thinking that it's just going to happen after I breastfeed. And I heard that a lot. Like, oh, when you breastfeed, it's just going to come right off. No, it was the opposite for me. It slides off. (laughs) like breastfeeding. I think my body was like, no, we need to hang on to all of this for breastfeeding. Like you need to have lots of nutrients. Like I think that's what my body was thinking because my weight didn't fall off. And and I should say fall off. I started working it off, but it didn't come off until I stopped breastfeeding. Yeah. Everybody's different and every journey is different. And I think if we can just start to say, as opposed to trying so desperately to get back to where we were and start to look at it of, wow, my body's incredible. It took nine to 10 months. It's going to take realistically at least 12 months for you to feel more like yourself, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, all of that is real. And now it's harder, I think, than ever because we have Instagram with filters And what do we put on Instagram? We put our best pictures forward. We put things with filters. We put the stuff that we want people to see. And then people say to me like, all my friends are like out and they're walking and they're doing this and they're in exercise clothes. I can't even imagine putting on spandex. So I I think it's just a good reminder. Whatever we put on Instagram is just what we want the world to see. And that's not nearly the reality of what's happening in a postpartum home. Right. All right, you guys, let's take a quick break to talk about our newest coffee obsession and sponsor, Four Sigmatic. You all know that as a mom, I take my caffeine very seriously. And Four Sigmatic is a wellness company that's just well known for delicious mushroom coffee that is real, organic, and fair trade coffee. Their mushroom coffee is made from organic and fair trade beans with lion's mane mushrooms, which helps you be more productive while the chaga does wonders at boosting immune function in mothers to give us what we need most, focus without side effects or jitters that common caffeine routines often produce. I'm actually drinking it right now and I've been starting my day with four sigmatic mushroom coffee with lion's mane and I'm loving it. It 
gives me the caffeine I need with kids, but I've also noticed that it really helps me focus more and be more productive throughout the day without having a mid-afternoon crash, which has been something that I have been desperately looking for. So I'm so glad I found them. And no, I know what you're thinking. It doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like the most delicious coffee and I am obsessed with it. We love Four Sigmatic products because they're all organic and plant-based and every single batch is third-party lab tested to ensure its purity and safety so you know what you're getting and it's the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible always. We're so excited for you to try it because finding anything to help us with energy and productivity is just music to our mom ears. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee, but this is just for Meaningful Living listeners. Get up to 40% off on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash meaning. This offer is only for Meaningful Living listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash meaning and fuel your mornings with some delicious mushroom coffee. Now let's get back to postpartum. All right. So nutrition, what matters? Calories are something that you actually need more postpartum than you do when pregnant. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. When we're pregnant, people are like, ooh, you're eating for two and here have so much more food. But postpartum is actually a time when we need a lot more calories. You need them after you've given birth, whether you're breastfeeding or not, to replenish your body. And if you're breastfeeding, you need between 500 to 1,000 calories more a day. That's a lot. That is a lot of food, which is why you were saying you were starving because you're actually starving. Mm -hmm. And when you're pregnant, you really only need 250 to about 400 calories, depending on where you are in that second or third trimester a day. So it is a significant difference. So I think that's the biggest misconception. You need a lot. You need to eat. And water. Oh, so thirsty. Water. So thirsty. Fluids. So breastfeeding, 13 to 16 cups a day. I like that you're drinking your water now that I'm reminding you to stay hydrated. (laughs) Subconsciously like, oh, I need to drink water. (laughs) And if you're not breastfeeding, eight to 10 cups a day. Breastfeeding, it is so important that you meet those fluid needs because your breast milk supply, one of the biggest, most common reasons that your breast milk supply dips is if you're not eating enough and you're not drinking enough. And then if you're not breastfeeding, you need fluid to replenish what just happened in that birth. And I mean, you talked about night sweats. So when you're pregnant, you double your blood volume. So how much blood's going around your body doubles when you're pregnant. And when postpartum, you got to get that fluid off. And so you sweat a lot. You wake up just drenched. People mm. do not tell you this. And, no. and it's because you're losing all that fluid. You might've had swelling. I mean, you had varicose veins, but there's some swelling that goes along with that. So you've got to lose that fluid somehow. And you would think if I'm losing fluid, doesn't that mean I shouldn't drink fluid? But no, you need to drink fluid to keep all of the your blood basically hydrated as you're losing all that extra fluid because you still need to stay hydrated. So Fluid and calories, real simple. And then there's micronutrients you need. We call it a prenatal vitamin, which I think does so many people disservice. There's a lot of micronutrients you need to replenish your body afterwards. And so it's called a prenatal, but a lot of companies are now coming out with postnatal vitamins because it's known that you continue your prenatal on in that postpartum period. And so you really need to replenish those micronutrients. There's a lot there to replenish. 
calcium, magnesium, zinc, folate, omega-3 fatty acids. There's a lot that are important that you can get through food, but also taking a supplement is really, really helpful during that time. But what happens if you're not getting those extra calories and extra nutrients postpartum? Great question. So we have to look at this with whether we're breastfeeding or not. There are some nutrients that if you don't get when you're breastfeeding, two things. Our body's pretty smart. So what it'll do is just like pregnancy, it'll start taking away from our stores. So it's only going to deplete us more to push it into the breast milk. And then when that's kind of maxed out, your breast milk quality can decrease. And so when we're breastfeeding, it's really important to remember we need to nourish ourselves because we're nourishing someone else. But that same principle needs to be understood when you're not breastfeeding because it's important that we nourish ourselves. And we can't just be thinking about ourselves when we're nourishing another human being. That helps remind us, but we do deserve to take care of ourselves. So the answer is, is we start going into our stores and then we're not getting optimal nutrition. Optimal nutrition for tissue healing, for our, you know, mental, mentally. Postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression are real. And there's actually some good new research supporting taking omega-3 fatty acids, making sure that we're getting enough omega-3 fatty acids postpartum, not just for breastfeeding moms, because that goes to the baby and is important for brain development, but for us, it's really anti-inflammatory. And so the answer is, is if we're not meeting, nutrition's important. And if we're not meeting our nutritional needs, then our body suffers and we just don't, we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. What about for anyone that adopts? What about adoption postpartum? I have a friend that just adopted mm-hmm. and she just came home from the hospital. She actually had a preemie baby. And so the baby's 39 weeks now, so cute and healthy and and she's home, but I can only imagine what she's going through even having not gone through birth. She just went through the trauma of you know being in the NICU and and just all of experiencing all of that. Yeah. So what yeah. about adoption postpartum? So I think that we need to look at parenthood as parenthood. And so there's sleep deprivation that comes along with that. There is a lot of stress, stress of the unknown, stress stepping into this new version of ourselves that we've never experienced before. And so we need to remember to take care of ourselves. And when we're taking care of someone else, we forget about ourselves, which I've, I've touched on, but it's going to be the same thing. So I recommend any parent going in, when you are in that nesting mode before baby comes, you're adopting, you're you're having a baby, you're doing a surrogate, whatever it may be, prep yourself for success. And so I always say have some freezer meals. So start prepping some food that you can put in the freezer so that you can have it on hand whenever you're hungry, you can put it in because you know, there's very little time from the time they fall asleep in newborn stage to the time they wake up. And so whatever you're going to eat cannot take time. It cannot take more than 10 to 15 minutes and that's even pushing it. So have a lot of freezer meals that you put in the freezer that you can easily warm up and then have a list on the fridge of things that you can make that take 10 to 15 minutes. I love 10 to 15 minute meals so that if you don't have something in the freezer or you want to do something, you have it ready for you. And then snacks. So I like putting pre-made snacks in a snack cart. So I love a feeding cart. I talk about this all the time. Whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding, set up little carts around your house that have all of the supplies there, whether it's burp cloths, anything you need for the baby when you're feeding, because 
you get nap trapped. You get trapped when you're feeding and you're just stuck there. So you want water on those carts. You want snacks on those carts. So some nuts that are easy to pick up. I love our easiest oat balls. That's something I always have in the fridge waiting. Anything that you can put on the cart that's nourishing that you can have there on hand. You can even have like almond butter sandwiches that you put some hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds inside of that. Have your partner or anyone else that's supporting you put those out on the cart so they're waiting for you. So when you're feeding, that's a lot of times when you're stuck in a place and you can remind yourself to eat. Mm, Such good tips. And that's a great little gift you can send to someone, those little oat balls. Yes. And honestly, when people ask what you can do, when people are coming over, I always say, tell them to bring food, send food, tell them what it is. Even if it's a Postmates gift card, something to keep yourself nourished because we cannot forget about ourselves during this process. And Mm -hmm. I have a jar of chia seeds, flax seeds, and hemp seeds always at hand, especially postpartum period. So chia seeds have protein. They've got omega-3 fatty acids. They've got that calcium, iron, zinc, all of those things we need. Flax seeds help with hormonal support. And so in bowel regularity, I mean, that first bowel movement you have after having a baby, those first couple ones, they're frightening. So scary. So you want to make sure you're (laughs) so scary. So you want to make sure you have enough fiber. And so I have those on hand. I think they're fantastic to have. Great advice. I also was just thinking about in, in Eastern cultures, I've heard they often take those first 30 days and they rest and someone brings them food for those first 30 days. And I'm like, where, where can I sign up for this? Why, why didn't I do that? Why didn't we move to those countries for those first 30 days? Because that would have been incredible. Where did it get lost in the translation? And why does that not happen here? Why does that not happen in America? (laughs) Yeah. I always describe that fourth trimester right after you have a baby as a cocoon. So your baby was inside of you, but if your baby could stay inside of you for another trimester, they would. And so those first, that first trimester when they come out is really kind of this sacred time that we, all of a sudden we have the baby and we're expected to like, when people come over, have our house clean and have, you know, food ready and like look semi put together. But the truth is all we really need in that time is to nourish ourselves not be thinking about everything external and just thinking about us and our baby in that time and how can I take care of myself. And so there's a lot that we can learn from other cultures. You know, I know that you were a big fan of the first 40 days cookbook. Mm-hmm. I love I love Mother Bees, but it's about eating warmer foods, things that we can do to just keep our body nourished. We're really tired. And so when we're tired, if you're postpartum, you're like, all I want is sweet foods. I want donuts. I want cookies. I want candy. The reason you're craving that is because you're really tired. And when we're tired, we crave simple carbohydrates. And so if we can start nourishing our bodies with the food that it needs, the nutrients that it needs, those cravings will go down. And there's a lot to learn about that. I I love a cocoon. And I always say, don't worry about the people coming. Don't worry about all that stuff. Give yourself a month afterwards to just kind of get in the rhythm of you and your kid. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to just tell people I, I don't have the capacity right now. I really can't wait for you to to meet our baby and I can't wait to see you, but I'm just trying to survive. Yes. And give a start time and an end time for when they come. Because if you don't give an end time, you might have someone at your house that before you could hang around for two hours, but two hours in postpartum time is way too much and you're just way drained. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And people want to know that because 
I've also gone to people's houses and I'm like, how long do they want me to stay? Like, they might want me to be here for longer, but or they might want 30 minutes and I'm happy to do either, but I kind of want to know. So yeah, have that boundary. But also I read a poem the other day on Instagram and it was, the image was this mom, she just had her underwear on and she was just like, she looked like she was literally in survival mode, breastfeeding, things hanging everywhere. The house was a mess. And the poem was by the rhyming one. And it was, it was such a clever poem, but it was basically like, you know, I, I can't think right now. I'm exhausted. I, my house is a mess. I'm trying to keep this human alive. And although I'd really love to see you and I'd love for you to meet my baby, I'm just in survival mode right now. And I, and I'll let you know when a good time to come is, but I think boundaries are key in that because people want those and you need them. Yes. And I think anyone that's wanting to support someone that's in this period of time, just send, put something on a doorstep, do something where if, if they want to see you and they want that company, welcome that in. But if they don't show that you're there supporting, but don't put the pressure on them that you have to be there. I think that's a really cool, cool thing to do. Which foods do you want to have on hand at all time for postpartum? Yes. Okay. So I already talked about the seeds. So get chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, put them in a jar, mix them around. You can sprinkle those on everything. We talked about the frozen meals and the easy prepped meals. But if we're talking about like specific foods, quinoa, it's got protein, essential amino acids. It's got fiber. I love quinoa. You can put that into a warm soup. You can add some quinoa in. You can have that as a salad on the side. You can add it to a salad. It's a fantastic thing to have. Avocado. Avocado is one of my favorites. It's my favorite for pregnancy, fertility, Mm. and postpartum. So good. It's filled with folate, good fats. It's good bang for your buck when you just need to go grab something that's going to feel nourishing. And then just really focusing on the Mediterranean diet foods. So fruits, vegetables, making as much that you can have cooked, the better. Sometimes we just crave those warm things when when we're postpartum. Oats, oats I love. If it's been shown to increase some breast milk supply, which is great. So in a lot of kind of lactation cookies and things like that, you're going to see oats in them, but they have 11 grams of protein per cup, which is a lot. So that is a fantastic thing. So overnight oats, we have those on our website, oatmeal, having them really in any way. And then let me see, which would be my other favorite. I would say nut butters, having some almond butter, peanut butter, peanut butter powder is great. So a lot of times if we're not even doing a sandwich or something, we don't want to deal with the mess of a nut butter. You can just add a little bit of peanut butter powder to a smoothie or something Mm. like that to give yourself some extra protein and good fat. Awesome. Those are my top picks. I like your top picks. Do you have any favorite soups for postpartum? Yes. Honestly, any any vegetable-based soup is great postpartum. People love bone broths, just replenishing. Sometimes when you have some nutrients in it, the sodium in it can help you just feel replenished. Any soup that you're craving that you can make ahead of time, great. Pureed soups are amazing, especially if you have them in the freezer. You can just pull out a mason jar, heat them up. There is a lot of foods that we're told to kind of stay away from when we're breastfeeding. And here is my two cents on that. Babies are born with gas. And when we're breastfeeding, because we're the ones supplying the food, the first thing when our baby experiences gas, 
first of all, I'm not minimizing gas. I know what it's like having a gassy baby and it's miserable, right? All we want is sleep. All we want, we're just craving sleep and we get so desperate. But the truth is, is that babies can actually tolerate a lot of what we eat and cutting it out is more for us mentally than it is physically in a lot of cases. And so what I see happens a lot is moms are so undernourished because they're like, I had to cut out all of the gassy vegetables. So Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, garlic, and they they don't know what to eat. They've cut out so much. So I think that's a good reminder that we don't need to cut out as much as we think. And if we're breastfeeding, just know gas is normal in babies. And most of the time it is not because what you're eating. Now there obviously are cases and you can look at your baby's poop. And if there's blood, if there's mucus, that can tell us that there's something going on. But I would for majority of people, you don't need to cut out a lot of things. However, that being said, cooking vegetables can help. Sometimes undercooked vegetables can cause a little more gas. So the more that you can have soups that have cooked vegetables, the better. But the truth is you don't really need to avoid a lot. Alcohol is, you know, important postpartum to when you're breastfeeding to be mindful of, but there isn't really anything that you can't do postpartum. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> I always love your your take on that stuff because it just, it really is realistic. And I remember with Liv, you know, trying everything with, oh my gosh, she's so gassy. What should I do? This is in my first three, four months of breastfeeding her when I was like stressed to the max because it was not working very well. It just was not good. Hence why I didn't breastfeed Atlas. But I remember thinking like, gosh, should I cut out dairy? Oh my gosh, that'd be devastating. Like I love cheese. (laughs) So almost the stress of that made it so much worse. And I was like, this is just not even good for me. I'm stressing too much about this. It was almost, it was just overwhelming. We get blamed a lot when we're, when we're the ones providing the food it's really easy to say, oh my gosh, it must've been those onions you had, or it must've been that egg you had, or that dairy you had. But the thing to remember is breast milk is really digestible. And so it actually is easier on their tummies in general, but that at the same time, no matter how you're feeding your baby, whether it's breast milk or formula, your baby will have gas. In the newborn stage, the reason is if they could stay inside of you another month, they would because their intestines are just not as developed not as they need to be, but they're just not that developed. And so when you have underdeveloped intestines, you have more gas and it's something they will grow out of. It is hard when you're in it. I'm not minimizing that, but I think it's a good reminder to parents before we start cutting everything out, let's just try to handle the gas in a different way. And if you are going to cut things out, cut one thing at a time. Because let's say you say, all right, I'm cutting out broccoli, Brussels sprouts, dairy, eggs, cheese, all of it then you don't actually know what helped your baby. And then you all of a sudden have this diet that's not nourishing you. Right. Oh, that's so helpful. I wish I knew you before live. (laughs) I like that you brought up the night sweats at the beginning of the episode, because I think there's a lot in postpartum we don't talk about. I remember distinctly, this is what I do. I've been counseling people for, I don't even know how many years I'm aging myself. And then all of a sudden I get home First of all, I had Bryce and I remember just like bleeding in the hospital and peeing myself in the hospital. I'd stand up and it would just like gush out. And I remember thinking like, okay, am I going to pee myself for the rest of my life? Am I just going to bleed? What is normal? What is not normal? So it's important to obviously bring that stuff up to your doctor, but 
for us to talk about this more because if we don't know what we're walking into, then we have the added layer on the stress of, is this normal or not? And so there's a lot of things that happen postpartum, postpartum bleeding, right? You're going (laughs) to, they come out and then the blood comes out thereafter, right? It's like a period. So obviously if you're hemorrhaging, you need to tell your doctor, but that's normal. There is a lot of normal kind of period things that happen after postpartum, those sweats are normal, not feeling like yourself is normal. It takes a while. And so give yourself some grace during that period. Gosh, so much grace. So much grace. Easier said than done. It's so much easier said than done. Looking back now on other pregnancies, because postpartum is more talked about now than it was even four years ago when Liv was born, I was definitely like postpartum anxiety, postpartum, maybe even a little depressed, but I just thought it was normal. And I I didn't realize how not normal I was, you know, because you're just in it and you're like going through the motions and, and it wasn't until I was out of it that I was like, oh, I was not myself. Like I was not myself whatsoever. And so definitely, like you said, give some grace, tell other people to give you some grace. And I don't know. And reach out for help when you need it. Yeah, and reach out for help when you need it. Reach out for help when you need it because there's so much stigma with postpartum anxiety and depression and it doesn't need to be that way. It is real. So many people experience it and there are ways to get help. And I always say the sooner you get help, the sooner you can start feeling more like yourself again and you can be the best version for you and for your baby. And so I love that you were vulnerable and talked about that because when we don't talk about it, people feel really alone mm-hmm. and don't know the signs just like you, where you're like, I didn't even realize I was experiencing it until I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't even know how bad it is till you get out of it. So thank yeah. you so much, Jess, as always. Love chatting with you. Thank you. And as Liv says, you just know everything. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Liv. I'll, t- I'll take the compliments. Well, have a good day. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 866-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 